Welcome back for another episode of Talk to Tatiana. And I want to talk to you today about spooky taxes. And here's what I mean. Halloween is upon us almost, right? So it's, uh, it's the end of September and Halloween is only a month away, which is not a lot. And we've been seeing decorations and pumpkins and all of that stuff for a couple of weeks now. So I wanted to talk to you about spooky taxes. And what that means is I wanted to talk about what you can do still before the year is over so that you can save yourself money on tax. I traditionally um, do this for uh, for you. I would traditionally do a lot of these presentations at diff- you know for different publications and other things. And I feel that it's important for you to um, to know it, and so here's here's some really good good things that you can look at. And why is it important to uh, do this before the year is over? And the reason it's important is because uh, there are quite a few uh, strategies, tax reduction strategies that are out there. But the problem is that once the year is over, it's over, and so um, once the year uh, finishes, there's only a few things that you can do. And those are, uh, still you have still time until April 15th or whatever it's going to be this season to contribute to your HSA, your health savings account. Um, and also at the same time, um, you will still have time to contribute to your individual retirement account, IRA, SEP IRA, self-employed pension plan, um, or potentially a profit sharing contribution, whatever that is, there's still time to do those. But once the year is over, there's really, really very little that you can do. And in terms of uh, what you could do before the year is over, that's really the focus of today's uh, episode. So let's take a look. Depending on how you are organized, there's a lot of different opportunities. And here's what I mean. As a business or a side gig, you could be organized as just a sole proprietor, which means you work under your own name, you put money into your personal bank account and all of that stuff. Um, but you know, if you've followed me for some time, you know that it's not necessarily really great um, to do that. And I'm a big fan of like at least having an LLC, especially if you're just starting out, at least having an LLC for that. Um, with the, an LLC, you have the limited liability protections and stuff, and you can also open a business bank account and, uh, all that jazz. And it's really, really good, um, to be able to do that. Um, when you have a business bank account, you should use that and not commingle funds. This will audit proof you. So that's really important. So let's start with that. Let's start with a few things that you can do to really audit proof yourself. And how do I know this? Well, I've been in business for, in the tax business for over 10 years. Um, actually, probably 12 plus. Um, I got into taxation in 20, 2009, 2010. And so I've worked with a lot of small businesses. I've done a lot of tax returns. I've done a lot of different things. And so I want to offer you this um, this as um, as a suggestion, right? So commingling of funds, meaning your personal stuff goes through along with your business stuff through the same account or through the same credit card, big no-no. Don't do it. 
Um, and be, the reason is that when you have an audit um, and when you work for yourself under your own name, those audits are about 10 times more likely and they're easy to check for the IRS and they have and they audit them a lot more often than let's say if you have a different entity or whatever. And so commingling of funds, if you're trying to prove, um, you know, if you didn't keep receipts, um, the IRS will, even though it's not really officially the rule, they will accept uh, credit card and bank statements to prove expenses if you explain the expenses. However, um, if you don't, if you have commingled funds, like let's say if you have restaurants or food or whatever, or uh, office supplies on the card for both personal and business, it will be really hard for you to prove and will require additional proof and additional evidence to prove that it's actually um, a business expense. So it will be very easy for an auditor to disallow it, um, to basically say, we are not going to deem this business. We're going to deem this personal. So that's why commingling of funds is highly, highly uh, not advised. <laughs> now, the question is, do you need receipts? Like I said, the official rule hasn't changed. You do have to keep receipts for everything. You do, you should keep receipts for the home stuff, whether it's a rental receipt, rental payment receipt, or uh, taxes, or um, utilities, whatever. You need to keep those receipts because if you want to use an accountable plan feature and you would need an entity for that, then, um, uh, you have to, um, be able to submit receipts to yourself as a business, to your business, basically for reimbursement. And so the receipts requirement there is mandated for everything else for you know for just business stuff keep invoices and receipts you can dump them all in one folder for that year let's say 2022 receipts 2023 receipts you can dump them all and not necessarily organize them the reason is that you know if you get audited for that year you'll log in and organize it but why spend time on it now if you may not get audited for that year but the official rule has been to keep all the receipts uh, however, I have been on audits where um, the IRS will accept um, a bank statement or a credit card statement if it's exclusively business. And that's why I said there's no commingling of funds. Now, also, if you have your books, um, if you have your records categorized and, and really your bookkeeping done throughout the year, um, it will allow you to know what are you looking at for the year end. I mean, you don't have to be an accountant to do this, and I'll explain what that means. You, If it, this is your first year in business, it's going to be a little bit harder to estimate your taxes, but if this is your at least second year of business, you have a baseline, um, baseline from last year that you potentially are um, have, right? So you've already done some, some stuff, you've done some business, you've gotten some expenses, some income, and you've paid some tax. And so you can technically look at your prior year tax return and say, okay, do I have something similar this year or does it drastically, uh, or does it drastically differ or, um, or what's the deal? And you can estimate ballparkish without having an accountant necessarily how much in tax you will owe. 
And here's why it's important. First of all, if because it's still, you know, almost October, you still have time to be able to do something to reduce your tax. And I'll go over those strategies in a minute. But um, if it's, you know, in October, there's a lot of things you can do. And if you're like, oh my God, like I don't have enough money put away, we're six to seven months away from when the tax is due. So you still have time to shift more money for tax purposes um, now, right? You still have time to do that now. So that's that. That's why it's important to do your bookkeeping, whether it's in Excel or in QuickBooks Online. I'm a big fan of QuickBooks Online, but please don't try to do that yourself because um, I've never seen it done by a non-accountant, non-bookkeeper, like non-good bookkeeper, well in in the software. Now, let's switch to some of the strategies for your year end. So in following what I'm about to tell you is for like December, if you have things that you have to pay for in January, you know, close enough to December, you might as well prepay them in December. It's completely allowed, completely legal, um, and is really good, um, is really good for you. Meaning that it would, you still have to pay it in the upcoming week or two after December is over. So why not pay it in the current year for small businesses, something prepaid like that, like something maybe like an office rent, a car lease payment, a, um, um, I don't know, something, something that you would need to pay for anyway, maybe um, an advi- a, con- a consultant or whatever for that next month. Um, there is an IRS safe harbor provision for those prepayments and it's completely allowed. Um, in December, I would recommend you stop billing customers, clients, or patients. When you don't bill, if you're on a cash basis, which most small businesses are, um, which means that you deduct expenses when they're actually paid and you claim income when it's actually received, um, you will, um, stopping billing is a legitimate and legal strategy um, for the IRS. So if you stop billing the client, um, if you don't bill the client, you know, let's say last two weeks of December or the whole month of December or whatever, I mean, unless you need money, of course, so you have to kind of balance it out, you know, it's a dance, um, then it's completely legit. So that's a strategy that you can use. Now, uh, some people have thought about, oh, I need to upgrade my computer, I need a new iPad, or I need a new laptop, or whatever. Buy that computer before the year is over. You can buy it even now. Here's one thing you should watch out for. When you buy this computer, um, let's say December 20th, sometimes sellers will need a few weeks to ship you the computer, if it's, especially if it's a custom computer. So, and they are not allowed to charge you uh, before they ship. That's the general rule. So that's why if you buy the computer on December 20th and it's not shipped until January 2nd, you get charged on January 2nd, it doesn't work. So be mindful of those dates. You have to actually get charged on a business card or pay off the, the personal credit card used for business before the year is over for that purchased account in the year. Um, last few months of the year is a great tool, um, or a great way to donate, to do some good. Um, 
you know, October is a financial planning month. And so I love the financial clean out, uh, clean up uh, concept. And I talk about this a lot in the media where financial cleanup is great in October because it opens you up for a really good Thanksgiving, being grateful for everything you've got, being grateful for everything um, that's important for you. And uh, also open you up for, you know, maybe free up some money. Maybe you will get some money back if you sell some stuff or donate some stuff, whatever, um, so that you can buy gifts for the holidays and things like that. So clean up, uh, clean out, clean up, uh, financial cleanup, um, you know, canceling those subscriptions or going through the stuff that no longer serves you and selling it or including clients. Sometimes, you know, we as professionals sell, sell clients um, is a good strategy for year end and you still have plenty of time to make that happen. Also year end, um, especially with three, with three months left of um, the year, if you've always wanted to improve your office space or warehouse or whatever, leased business property, something that you rent out, I mean, rent, rent from somebody uh, for your office or, you know, warehouse or whatever it is. Um, if you wanted to improve it, for example, put in a new bathroom or renovate uh, the shelves or, you know, whatever. Now is a good time to do that because you get to deduct it. And for qualified improvements, you get to write them off fully in the year for qualified leasehold improvements. Okay, now, hidden business deductions. There are no real rules in terms of, I mean, there are rules, but I'll talk about them in a second. There are not, no real rules in terms of deductions. What's reasonable for one business will not be reasonable for the other business. And here's what I mean. Um, when we talk about the reasonableness test, that's something that's applied to every business. And if you ever paid attention at all to your business tax return, whether it's um, a part of your individual return, which is a Schedule C, uh, you will see something called a NAICS code, N-A-I-C-S. This is the qualification of a type of business. So this tells the government what type of business you are. Um, whether it's an office of accountants, whether it's an office of um, consultants, whether it's a clothing manufacturer or retailer, whether it's a uh, whatever it is, that's what it is. That's what that is for. So when you file your business return, it's required. You have to select your NAICS code. And sometimes NAICS can change if the business changed, and that's okay. That's totally normal. And um, I've had that happen several times, and that's again okay. What they use that for is they use it for the reasonableness test. Something that's deductible for a speaker may not be deductible for a plumber. Something like a camera light, you know, light for the laptop or a second screen for the laptop may or may not be deductible for a plumber, but definitely is deductible for a speaker or any other profession that need that a reasonable person would need for that business. There are, I always, you will often hear me talk about the importance of having, having several streams of income. I'm a big believer in that. The reason I'm a big believer in that is because 
COVID has shown us um, that we need to rely on more than one stream of income so that if something changes, if the if life throws us something like the global pandemic or whatever, we can actually survive and thrive. So that's why it's important. Now, also money trail and paper trail are important. I talked about receipts already, uh, but you know there are some travel rules and I'll talk about them in a second. Travel and section 139 and home office expenses and all of those things. Home office expenses you would have to pay for from your personal, pay from your personal accounts, keep receipts, know exactly how much you've paid. Don't just give me um, like, oh, um, I pay $1,500 a year for X, Y, and Z. No, go to your bank, check it, understand how much you're paying. We actually keep our personal finances in QuickBooks because it's, it's easy to categorize and we have a lot going on and different, you know, cards and accounts and kids and everything else. So it's really easy for me to do that, but you don't have to do that. Maybe open a separate account where you can have your home office expenses and car expenses that you use for business sometimes um, kind of coming out of that account. This way, at the, at the end of the year, it's easy for you to create a summary of those, of those expenses. Okay. Also, year-end things to keep in mind. You have to keep in mind that there is my specialty is entity structuring. I like to structure two, three entities at least for the business because it's usually beneficial to split a business into a few parts. And I usually give this example of, of let's say a designer business, right? Interior designers, it's not uncommon for them to sell um, furniture. Sometimes there are manufacturers and showrooms um, workrooms w- that create custom furniture for designers. And so designers resell it and you can't buy that furniture directly. And so designers often either make it or just order it and sell it. And they have this separate line of business. Now, um, the QuickBook, I mean, QuickBooks, I mean, the qualified business income deduction, that's very lucrative. It's 20% of net income as a deduction. It's insanely good. It's still around for at least three years, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. So that's actually, um, it's actually four, four, four more years. So it's still very relevant. Um, and so the idea is that you should take advantage um, of that um, provision. But the problem is that if there are these specified service trader business, um, SSTB. And if you are an SSTB, if you're single after $167,000 of income, all income, not just business income, all of your personal income a year, um, you start losing that deduction and a 207, you lose it completely. And so that's why when, when a business that is an SSTB and is not an SSTB are mixed together in one entity, you lose it. But if it's separate entities, one loses it and the other one doesn't. And so that's why it's important to sometimes keep that in mind. It's only one example of entity structuring that I do, and it should be done before the year is over. Like October is a perfect time to do that. I mean, ideally, I would love for somebody to do that in April or March, but it's not always perfect. And sometimes we don't know these things. And that's why I'm doing this, I'm recording this episode for you so that you 
No. Now, income shifting. Um, it's an important strategy. Uh, and that's where also knowing your numbers for the year are it becomes important because you have to understand what your tax rate is going to be. You can Google tax brackets and see what your adjusted gross income has to be for every tax rate. And that's the maximum tax you're paying on the top portion of your income. You get the benefit of all of the bottom um, taxes and things like that. Totally normal. But if you know you're getting to like the top rates, 30, 35, 37, whatever, maybe it's time to shift income to family members who make less money. That could be really important. Um, how do you do it? You would need to set up a separate entity for that potentially, but sometimes you can just do a 1099. If you have kids under 18, now there is a lot of opportunity there and the savings are insane. I mean, you are limited in terms of how much you can save, but the percentage savings is really unbelievably insane. So I highly recommend um, talking to a tax planner, someone who's trained in tax planning, not just says we do tax planning, but actually all you do is um, running a projection, which is what most accountants, traditional accountants do. Okay. Now, um, if you have an LLC and you, um, you know, small, a single, single member LLC, what that means is you're the only person owning it. Um, if you make over $75,000, I used to say 50, but now I think that in terms of the fees and accounting stuff, it's at least 75 grand. You might need to convert it. And now is the best time. Don't delay. Um, if you have net 75 or more for the year, you need someone who can convert it to you retroactively to this year. So don't delay. Understand what else you can do in terms of when you know your numbers, there is a bunch of opportunities like these. I've just mentioned to you a few of them, like right? Income shifting, entity restructuring, uh, prepayments and things like that. But this is very valuable. So you, but, and you have to be cognizant of, of what, what's happening in your business finances. That's the only way that you can actually do, you can actually do anything. You can actually save money proactively. It's all completely legal. Um, you don't have to cheat to, to be able to, to do this. And um, that's why I'm talking to you about this today. I wanted to make a quick announcement before I shut down um, the recording for today. Um, on October 11th, I'll be announcing a membership. And the first cohort, the first people who enroll will get it for a very low price, $47 a month for the life of their subscription. So the membership will be later um, enhanced and increased and things like that and will be a much higher price. This is great for, um, for you if you're a bookkeeper. Um, if you want to become a bookkeeper, if you already have some experience but don't really have solid knowledge, whatever. Um, this is something that you may consider. Now, I'm also launching a separate mentorship, and this will be a mentorship program. Uh, like I said, very low, low price for early adopters. Uh, second membership that I'm launching also mid-October is going to be if you're a life coach or if you're a coach and you want to add 
the starting a business aspect to it or running a business, things to keep in mind. Um, there will be a mentorship that's launching also mid-October. So if you're not subscribed to my to my list yet, go to my website and subscribe and do an opt-in and you will be subscribed to the list. And this way you'll get notified. This is really great for someone who uh, works with people and sometimes you encounter something like this. I want to start a business or my business is struggling and it affects my personal life. Yes, you as a coach can help them with the personal life, but business is personal. Remember that people don't start businesses just for the heck of starting a business to call themselves an entrepreneur. People start businesses so that they can have a better life, the life they want. And so that's why it's important to remember that uh, when sometimes when people come to coaches like and say something like that, the coaches say, oh, you should talk to an accountant. Well, here's the thing. You don't need to be an accountant to do some of the groundwork, some of the foundational work to help your client uh, and the, for the clients to help themselves. You can actually learn it. My book was written for as a roadmap for that. And none of it is accounting related yet, meaning I give you the thresholds, the um, targets when you need to reach out to an accountant, but it doesn't have to happen before you even started because you will be potentially thinking about spending money on it and and wasting money and stuff like that. So that's why uh, I feel that it's an important area that I want to pursue. And so look for an announcement for that membership starting mid-October mentorship men membership. There's going to be another membership. If you're an accountant, um, a mentorship that will also be a low price, $47 a month for the life of the subscription for early adopters, a mentorship that will allow you to uh, become coached um, on the spot um, by me as an accounting firm owner. Maybe you work for a big firm, maybe you work for a mid-sized firm, maybe you work for somebody else and you wanted to do it on your own but not sure where to begin. Uh, that membership may be for you. So I have a, quite a few things happening in mid-October um, and I'm really excited about it because I wanted to bring something that's affordable yet supportive of you as a uh, professional. Um, also, my colleague and I are launching a mentorship program, um, probably mid-October, again, to help you find your calling. I bring in my expertise of starting a business and career coaching and so on, and she brings in her personal coaching. I'm also a life coach, but I like to focus on more of a um, how to's as opposed to helping you find what really aligns with you. And that's what my colleague does. So I wanted to announce those couple of things for you so that you keep it in mind and reach out to me, um, through Instagram. I'm very, you know, I like to talk to people. So reach out to me and let's talk if you're interested in any of those, but otherwise keep in mind that we're launching some stuff in October. I'm working on the details right now. So there will be an announcement soon, but otherwise, if you already have a business or if your spouse has a business or if a friend has a business, send them this podcast episode um, and let them listen in. Maybe there's something that they can do to save money on tax. All right, my friend, I'll, you'll talk to Tatiana next week.